someone because they might not want to be touched. Just turn around to a few people and just tell them they're looking mighty fine this morning. Or if that's super awkward, you could just say, hey, it's great that you're here at church, but I'd go with the mighty fine if I was you. Cool, cool. Kia ora, kia ora. Good to see you all um, this morning looking pretty shiny, eh? Pretty good, as Mahalia said. That's good. Hey, um, so as you know, oh, welcome to... I always look at the computer, which is recording the podcast when I say this, but um, kia ora, podcast people. I don't know. Where's Louise? What's today for podcast? What would you say? That's tricky. I don't know. Whoa, that's the first time in my life I've stumped Louise. I'm excited. Yeah, no, I'll, you're my Google for today. Oh, man, I don't use the computer. Okay, that's good. I need to figure that out. Anyway. Yeah, 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 that'd be perfect. Okay, thanks, Louise. Anyway. Kia ora, podcast people, if you're today, sorry about that. Um, if you're Tangata Benema, sorry about that. Hey, anyway, good to have you joining us, hey, and hopefully you're doing okay. If you, um, I'm talking to the podcast people, if you're all thinking, what is he doing? Um, if you needed to social distance today, and so you're a bit nervous about coming, hey, yeah, we just really pray that Jesus is especially close to you as you make that time now to just connect with him and listen, listen to him, hey, what he wants to say to you this morning. So awesome that you've um, made the, the effort, hey, been intentional about some... Um, Catching up with Jesus, so whether you're like doing the dishes, mowing the lawns, driving to work, um, doing whatever, may Jesus bless you as you listen, eh? Awesome. Hey, so for uh, now including the rest of you amazing people, so this is the third in the I Am series that we're kind of cruising through. Um, as we talked about when we started this whole series, one of the reasons we wanted to do this I Am series is for us to make sure that we're hearing Jesus define himself, right? We want to hear Jesus define himself. There's always a danger that our vision of who Jesus is or our vision of who God is can, can morph over time. Does it make sense? We can start off with a clear understanding of who Jesus is, a clear understanding of who God is. But over time, we listen to social media, we listen to strange podcasts, we goodness knows what, I'm sliding across the stage as I say this, right? And then before we know it, the image of Jesus or the image of God that we are trying to follow and worship is not actually who he is, right? And so one of the key things we've got to do is keep going back to the word, Keep making sure it's the Bible that's defining, and, and it's good to listen to all this stuff, but we've got to be real careful about where our, our brains go, right? Um, so the whole point of this, you can see up there, Jesus in his own words, what we wanted to do with this is to have us hear, how does Jesus define himself? And as you guys know, there's these seven I am statements, and you can see the little pictures, right? So last week, Dave was, um, I am the resurrection and the life, today it's the little candle, um, I am the, the light of the world, which is kind of um, where we're going. And I think one of the big things to me that's really important as we go through this is, um, we were, I was talking to, we were kind of joking a bit about this this morning, I was talking to, to Liam when we were doing our little prayer thing before, but we are indwelt by Christ and we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, right? That makes sense? You with me on that? Yep. Okay, I need a bit of like, just even a nod would be good. You good? Okay, shot team. Thanks, Jeremy. You're the man. Um, so we're indwelt by Jesus Christ. We're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So, and then I indwell the Trinity, right? So John 17 makes it really clear that the Trinity indwells us through the person of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We indwell the Trinity, right? It makes that clear, which is crazy and like, amazing to, to try and get your head around. So it makes total sense that the better understanding I have of Jesus Christ who indwells me, the greater understanding I'm going to have of who I am. Does that make sense to you, eh? Because Jesus indwells me. If I have a, a, a messed up version of who Jesus is, then I'm not going to fully understand what it means that he indwells me, that the Holy Spirit indwells me. So that's why it's really important for us as we go through these, um, these I am statements, okay? 
Um, so before we get into it, I just want to talk a little bit about light. So I am not a science person. I know nothing about light. But is there anyone in here who's like a light wizard? And you're like, yeah, I know all about the waves and all that stuff. No one? Okay, so I can just make stuff up. It's good. No. Um, so a couple of stories about, about light and darkness to get us thinking. Um, anyone afraid of the dark who wants to admit it in here? Yeah, yeah, I'm still afraid of the dark, eh? Not like I freak out when I wake up at night. Um, well, I do sometimes, but that's another whole story. Um, I, I drive home from work quite late, so we live way out in the country. So the nearest light, like street light, is like 20 kilometres away, right? So it's super dark out where we live. Um, and I still don't tell my wife, who's sitting down there, you can just not listen to this, but I still, when I come home at night, um, if it's like 9 or 10 o'clock at night and it's totally dark, I pull up to the gate and I don't mind opening the gate because I've got lights from my car, but then you go through and park and now you've only got the pathetic little red lights. I've thought about leaving the car in reverse, so I have the reversing light and putting the handbrake on really tightly so it doesn't go screaming off on me. Um, and then I get out and I lock the gate, but then every, because we have big trees around our driveway and stuff, every time I then run and jump in the car and shut the door and then drive into the garage and I'm okay, right? So the, the darkness kind of scares me a little bit. So here's one of the things I'm going to talk a lot about today. Um, is this working? Whoa, I need to turn on. Go where we go. Um, a lack of light is never a good thing, right? So turn to someone beside you and say, a lack of light is never a good thing. Is that good? Light. A lack of light is never a good thing, especially when you come home late at night and there could be scary monsters in the trees. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine a number of years ago, um, a lady, and she was limping. And I said to her, oh, my goodness, she was an older lady. I said, oh, what happened? Why are you limping? And she said, oh, it's a funny story. Um, she said she, when she gets up in the night she, to go to the bathroom, she doesn't like to open her eyes because then if she sees any light, she can just never get back to sleep. And so when she gets up in the night to go to the bathroom, she always keeps her eyes shut. And I just thought, oh, this is not going to end well. So she said she went to the bathroom with her eyes shut and was coming back, walking through the lounge of all places and forgot where the coffee table was and just smacked into the coffee table and went sprawling across the thing. She was like limping in the church. And I was like, well, I think it would be better to open your eyes. So then I said the, the super helpful thing. I said, so did you get straight back to sleep? And she was like, no, of course not, because she was in pain, right? So again, right, a lack of light is never a good thing. Okay, last story. Um, a number of years ago, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago or something, um, I was on a hike um, with Josephine's Fano. We were in the Karanga Hacky Gorge. There's all those really cool hikes and stuff. And we were on one that way in, um, there's a tunnel, quite a long tunnel you go through. And it's not the train tunnel, just a little crazy tunnel. It's only like, yay, hi. Um, and it has a curve, so you can't see the end. So it was real dark. And it's not, they've never like flattened the bottom of it. So it's real rocky and just kind of crazy. And so we'd gone hiking around and we were coming back to this tunnel. And I was the only person, this is going back a, a few, not too long, a few years. I was the only person that had like a torch on my phone. You know how we have... Now everyone's got it, and you're like, really, what is this, the 1800s? They didn't have torches on their phones. Back in the day, they didn't. Um, and so I was the only one who had a light on my... So I was the hero and the guide, of course, right? I love being the hero. Um, and so everyone was like in little groups, and Joe's has a massive farness. There's like 30 people, heaps of like little kids back then. And so in little groups, I'd take them through the, the tunnel with my little torchlight thing going through. Um, and then when we got to the end, I'd sprint back, because I was very heroic, run back to get the next group and then guide them through, right? Um, and it was a real feat. Like now, our, the lights on our torches are just ridiculous. They're amazing. On oh, our torches, on our phones are amazing. Back then, it was just a lame little thing. Um, when I was going back the last time, I was sprinting through because I just needed to, you know, get the next one so I could be the guide in here again. But I got about halfway through and it was real rocky and I just lost my footing because my little pathetic light wasn't doing a heap of a lot. And 
I just went flying and my phone went flying, I went flying and mess, I got up and my legs were so, my knees, I was just like, oh. But then my hero kicked in and I was like, no, I'll be fine, right? And I took off back to the thing. But as I came out of the tunnel into the light, the next little group of people all just went, what happened to you? And I was like, what do you mean? I looked down, I'd cut all my knees, my legs, my elbows, just blood everywhere. But because I was a manly hero, I was like, no, no, it's nothing, we'll be fine, and took the next group through the thing. So here again, a lack of light is never a good thing, right? So turn to someone again and say, a lack of light is never a good thing, yeah? Okay. So this is what we're just getting you thinking about light. This is the, the first little point this morning. This is a bit of a cut down, just, you know, a cut down message because we're trying to keep the services to about an hour so we can get you all out and get the next group of people in. Um, what does it mean that Jesus is the light of the world? To me, that's kind of the obvious question, right? The last thing we want to do is go through these, um, these I am statements of Jesus and get to the end and be like, that was all cool, but I have no idea what it actually means that Jesus is the light of the world. So that's kind of the core thing that we're going we're gonna to look at. So if you've got your Bible, jump over to um, John chapter 1. Okay, so not First John, just John chapter 1. And we're going to read a little bit there. And it's, it's not where Jesus says the statement, but this just gives us some really good context about what it means that Jesus is the light. And if you've read this recently, you'll now be going, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If you haven't read it for a while, then when I read this, you'll be like, oh, my goodness, this is really cool. So this is what we're talking about. Um, so John 1, 1 to 9. So you, 1 to 9. You should know the beginning, right? We, we talk about this in church all the time. Um, in the beginning, the Word already existed. So let me just stop for a minute. So the Word is referring to Jesus, right? We all know that. So one of the key um, aspects of who Jesus is within the Trinity is the one who reveals God. Does it make sense, eh? So he's the one who explains who God is, who shows God. So I remember um, several times in the Gospels, different people came to Jesus and were like, if you'd just show us the Father. And he'd always say to them, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm the Word. I'm the one that speaks for God. I'm the one that reveals God, right? So that's what, he's, he's, what John's meaning when he says that. And now he's going to talk about how Jesus is eternal, right? Like outside time. He says, the Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. Verse 3 is really cool. Eh? God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. So if everything's... So I'm not reading the Bible now. <laughs> I'm talking. Um, so if everything was created through Jesus, so if Jesus did all the creating by the power of the Holy Spirit with the direction of God the Father, that's how we understand the Trinity, it's obvious that Jesus is not created, right? Which is why he says he was with God in the beginning, because he's always existed, right? And now verse 4, everything changes. And so watch as John changes from talking about Jesus being the Word to now he's going to talk about Jesus being light. Verse 4, the Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light. Do you see how often he's saying light, 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 light? He's wanting us to get this whole point that Jesus is the light. Um, to tell about the light so everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Man, I just love that last bit, he eh? was coming into the world. So cool. Okay, so a couple of little explanations about this um, verse as we cruise on. So here's verse 4. I just chucked it up so you could all see it nice and clearly. So the word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. Um, and that, that's the New Living Translation. The ESV says it real, just really um, plain and clear. Um, in him was life, right? You can see as you go through the, um, those verses, the real clear connection that John's making between Jesus being the word and then Jesus being 
light, and then the light being the one, so Jesus is the light, is the one who brings life to everyone, right? You saw that pretty clearly, eh? So the what? Did anyone see that? Shot. Don't forget, I'll freak out if you don't at least say yes. Um, and so one of the cool things we think about is, hang on, hang on, it said that he gave life, the light gave light, um, the light gave life to everyone, right? And it's like, well, hang on, hang on, isn't it only to Christians that get the light? What's he talking about that get this life? So one thing to remember is there's two ways that we receive life, right? And so the first way is just that creation. So part of what John's doing is referring back to Genesis, yeah? And when God said to, I think, just the Trinity, um, let us make humans in our image, and they created people in their image, and then Jesus breathed life into Adam, right? And so in that way, Jesus, the light, gives life to everyone. So all humans have life because we're made in the image of God, because Jesus gave us life. And then the second part that John's saying, and you see it real clearly in verse 4 and verse 5, is that there's another meaning to this word life, and the other meaning is the spiritual life, right? This vibrancy of life, this knowledge that Jesus lives within me, dwells within me. Seasons go crazy, hard things happen, struggles happen, all sorts of weird stuff happens, but deep within me, I know I have the light. I know I have the life of Jesus within me, revealing God to me making it clear who I am in Christ. Does it make sense? Are these two lives? Does it make sense a little bit? Okay, cool. Okay, and then let's look at verse 5. Um, and this is kind of the core verse of this. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Man, I, every time I read that verse, I just get so excited. I, maybe I'm a bit of a, a, bit of a um, pessimist at times. I don't know. But it just feels like the world is spinning out of control at the moment. Like we've got COVID going crazy, talking to Victoria and Joanne about what's happening in Colombia, for example, at the moment, which is where they are from. Just unbelievable. Just the devastation. People can't work. A lot of people, you know, they work during the day, get paid, buy food for that night and the next day. Now they can't work. So how do they eat? They can't. It's just craziness in there. Um, I've got a good friend that does a lot of... um, Nonprofit stuff, like big, big nonprofit stuff in Africa, and he said some of the stuff happening in Africa is just unbelievable because of COVID and virus and all the worries. And then all these protests all over the world at the moment is just unbelievable, and heaps of European countries, heaps of Middle East. It's just like what? And you could kind of have the the feeling that God's not got everything under control. Has God like gone on vacation? Has God like having a snooze and he's going to wake up and be like, whoa, what happened to the world? Well, I slept. You clowns, you burnt it down. You know, it's like, ah, sort of thing. Um, and I come back to this verse, and so I'm a bit of a news nerd. I love reading news from all around the world. And every time I, I was reading and, and listening to the BBC, they have this little podcast that comes out twice a day and just the craziness going on. I'd come back to this little verse, and I love the ending, right? The darkness can never extinguish it. And to me, it feels like the darkness is going hard out to extinguish, right, at the moment, to extinguish life, to extinguish the light of Jesus, to just dominate, make the world a dark, horrible place. And I just keep coming back to this little verse and going, man, the light shines in the darkness, even when things feel like they're falling apart. And the darkness can never extinguish it. Why? Because Jesus is the life. He is the light. Man, I just love that, eh? I love that. Okay, now let's look at the little... um, passage where Jesus actually says this, that um, he is the light of the world. So if you go to your Bible again, jump over to John 8. He says this um, several times, and 
That's really cool. So we're going to read John 8, verse 12, and this is where he says for the first time, he's the light of the world. Um, if you had time, I would have loved to have, have unpacked chapter 9. So if you've got time, um, it only takes a short time to read it. Chapter 9 is one of the funniest chapters in the New Testament, I reckon. It's hilarious. So Jesus, again, talks about being the light of the world, and he heals a guy who'd been born blind. And then when, and you're going to understand more of this in a second, whenever Jesus... Um, talks about being an I am, whenever he uses one of these I am statements, the Jewish leaders just go nuts because he's claiming to be divine, which I'll explain in a second. And chapter 9 is just hilarious because the Jewish leaders go completely crazy and then they get the guy who was blind to come in and he has to come in like three times. And he's really funny, like really, really funny. So if you haven't read it, seriously, just set aside some time, read. It's easy to understand and you'll get to this bit where you'll be like, he is the man and you'll remember I said he's funny. Okay, so... Have some time. I plan to like unpack it, but we just don't have time. Okay, John 8, verse 12. So this is the, um, where he says this. So let me read it. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you'll have the light that leads to life. Man, I love this. We're going to unpack this verse. Um, one of the, the things to get, and I kind of hinted at it then, is whenever Jesus makes these I am statements, the Greek structure that he uses. So he would have been speaking Greek most of the time, sometimes Aramaic, but a lot of Greek. Um, when he, the, the way he does his Greek structure, and I'm going to put a quote up in a minute, he's very clearly saying it like this, I am the light of the world. It's a very definitive, very definite statement, right? So if you were here a couple of weeks ago when I preached um, on where God defines himself, when he says that and he says who, who he's claiming to be is he's claiming to be divine. He's referencing back to Exodus 3.14. Remember when Moses goes and asks God, who are you? And, and God says, I am, which Moses is like, Nah, I got nothing. I don't know what that means. And then I unpacked that right, and then we jumped to, Gen- to Exodus. Um, where do we go? Genesis 34 expands it even more, and you're like, oh, now I kind of get it. And so when Jesus is saying, I am, he's clearly saying, I am divine. I am God. And so the Jewish leaders, whenever he says that, the Jewish leaders are just like, you can't claim to be God, and they go nuts. So you can literally track through the Gospels, and every time you see Jesus say, I am the light of the world, sometimes he just says, I am. If you keep reading, you'll just see Jewish leaders go completely crazy. So read chapter 8, and you'll see them go nuts. And then read chapter 9, same thing, when he heals the guy who was born blind. As soon as he sees it, doo, 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 Jewish leaders run around like crazy, robes flying. It's awesome. Um, let me read this quote. This is a cool um, quote. It's a little technical, but it's not too technical um, that explains it. Um, so the, the Greek is just ego me, but we don't care about that. Jesus' use of ego me, um, in the absolute sense, I am. So Jesus' use of I am. Draws on Exodus 3.14 and other Old Testament passages where the phrase clearly refers to God. And using the expression, Jesus seems to be, this, is, this next bit's really cool, explicitly identifying himself with Yahweh, asserting his eternality, his self-existence, his changelessness, and claiming to be a Yahweh's presence on earth, which is exactly what he says, right? Show us the Father. And he's like, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why is that? Because they're one. And that's why he's saying, oh, I just love that. Eh? Jesus employs the absolute sense of I am in the Gospels, particularly in the Gospel of John, and there's a whole bunch of other times he does it. The consistent use of the present tense I am rather than the past tense I was suggests that the phrase has changelessness in view. In other words, that Jesus is claiming to be eternal. He's claiming to be Although he's in time while he's on earth, at the same time he's divine, so he's outside time. So if that doesn't make sense, just jump down in your Bible to um, verse 57 of John chapter 8. And this to me is one of the clearest examples you see of Jesus literally claiming to be eternal, right? To have no beginning and no end. Um, 
so he's been arguing with the Jewish leaders, right, because of what happened in um, verse 12. And then um, he's talking about Abraham. And verse 57, the people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you've seen Abraham, which is what Jesus just said? Verse 58, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. And it's like, what? Shouldn't he have said before Abraham was even born, I was? Like, I existed? And it's like, no, 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 because he's outside time, because he's eternal. So there is no was before, after. Does that make sense? There's just am, right? I just love that. And then, like I said, um, the next verse, at that point, they picked up stones to throw at him, in other words, to kill him. And then there's this crazy little line. But Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. I just love that, eh? This is one of my little, like, little side note. I so hope when we get to the new heavens and the new earth, we can watch video replays of things on earth, right? Because, like, imagine watching the, the flood. That would be horrible because people are dying. But, you know, just seeing the flood thing happen and then walking through the, the Red Sea and all these cool things. And this is one of the ones I want to watch because does Jesus just vanish? Like, what happens? Because it goes, they were going to stone him, and then the next minute, he's hidden from them. And is it like, get him! He's claiming to be God! How dare he stop! Where did he, what happened? Did he vanish? I don't know. I find that funny. You guys, not so much. All right, so that's a cool little quote, right? Um, you can see that Jesus is clearly, whenever he does an I am statement, not just the I am the light of the world, whenever he does an I am statement, he's claiming to be, um, to be divine. So back to our um, verse. I chucked it on the screen so you can see it really clearly, right? I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. And I love that, eh? It's just this beautiful offer. We always have the choice, right? We can choose to walk in darkness. We can choose to be away from God, but we don't have to. You won't have to walk in darkness because you'll have the light that leads to life. And there's always that, that clear, strong message about life, right? Um, I've got another little quote coming, which I just love because I want you to see when Jesus says a lot of these statements, these I am statements, they're at specific times in the Jewish calendar, right? And we can tell because we can see references through the text. So this is not someone just making it up. So when Jesus makes this statement, it's during a certain feast, and there's a real key thing to understand. So look at this little quote from um, Craig Blomberg. At the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus now makes... So he's talking about our verse, right? Um, John 8, 12. At the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus now makes a second claim. He is the light of the world. This pronouncement would also have electrified the, cl- the crowds. Is that like a play on words? Do you get it? Electrified light? I don't know. Moving on. Every night of the feast, four huge lamps were lit to accompany joyful singing and dancing. On the last night, the main candelabrum was deliberately left unlit as a reminder that Israel had not yet experienced full salvation. Jesus is now declaring himself to be the one who can provide that salvation. I just love that. This is one of the reasons why the Jewish leaders go nuts. Jesus is not just claiming to be God. He's claiming to be the one who will finally bring salvation for the whole Israelite nation. They just like they just can't handle that eight. Just can't handle it. Man, I just love that. Okay, so back to here. I want to read it again. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, option, <laughs> if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you'll have the light that leads to life. Man, I just love that. Eh? Um, I want to summarize down what Jesus is saying by claiming to be the light. So I had three little things here. First of all, he offers true life to people. You've seen that in John um, 1. You see it here really clear, right? He offers true life, real life vibrant life to people. The second thing is he's a guide through the darkness. Again, you see that in John chapter 1 verse 5. You see it again here. He's a guide through the darkness. This world is dark, right? Satan does want to dominate us, but we have a guide. Like me running through the the tunnel cave thing with my little torch, we have a guide, right? 
And then the last thing to me that's really important is by Jesus saying this, I'm the light of the world, is that the darkness will never overcome him. Never overcome him. Okay. So I want to talk to two different people. And I do this with massive love. So if you hear any kind of judgment or anything stupid like that, I'm totally not coming from there at all. I'm coming in boxes of love, right? Um, so two people I want to talk to. The first people is, are you sure you have the light inside you? <laughs> are you sure you have the light inside you? Because Jesus said, if you have the light within you, which is him, then you will have life, <laughs> abundant life, joyful life, vibrant life. And I think there's always a danger in Western Christianity, in New Zealand Christianity, that we do this with Jesus. We do this with church. Some of us just kind of appear. <laughs> what is a friend invited us, or we grew up in church or whatever, and we're here, but have you ever made that decision that Jesus is the God of your life? And I think for a lot of us, it's a journey. It's a journey. It's not just like a one-off thing. It's a journey. Deciding, I, yeah, I need to, Jesus, I need you in my life. I want to be indwelt by you. I want to indwell the tree. You know, you don't need to use all those crazy words, but did, have you ever come to that point where you're like, yeah, I want Jesus to be the God of my life. I want this light. And the way you can tell is you have a light in you. You have a life within you. So if you're sitting there going, I don't know, bro. <laughs> Maybe you've never made that decision, you know. You're coming along, which is awesome. We're pumped. You're listening on podcasts, super excited. But have you made that decision that, nah, Jesus is the Lord of my life, the boss of my life, right? We as elders would hate you to keep coming and coming and thinking you had the light, <laughs> thinking you had the life of Jesus within you, but you didn't. So we want to be clear. So the other group of people, and again, saying this with heaps of boxes of love, right? The other group of people is sometimes you have the light. You still have the light, but it's diminished to an extent that it's almost non-existent. Does that make sense? You're a Christian, and you're in a relationship with Jesus, but you've allowed things to come into your life, or just horrible, horrible, horrible stuff has happened to you, and it's made you just slowly disappear a little bit. And you still have the light. You still have life from Jesus, and you know that, and you, can, you know that in your soul. But if you're honest, it's so diminished now that you just don't experience that vibrancy of life. Now, again, I'm using that word carefully, vibrancy of life. It's not happy, happy, joy, joy, yay, you know. For a lot of people, life sucks. For a lot of people, life is hard. And we don't just walk around going, yay, I've got Jesus, it's so fantastic, you know. That's not us, we'll be real. But through the hardness, through the struggle, through the health issues, through the job concerns, through the whanau, through that, there's this deep knowledge in your soul. I have the light within me who reveals who I am, who reveals who God is. I have the life within me. If you don't have that, if you're in either group, right, the light, man, I don't know if I ever have. Or if you're in this, I, I did, man, but I have drifted. Eh? And it, it may not be your fault. I'm not saying you wake up on morning and we land. No, forget about Jesus. Sometimes just life happens and stuff happens. And before you realize it, you're like, how the heck did I get over here? My, my plea, I don't know, to you is to find someone to talk to. Um, I think there's a danger when we feel that and we go, that's it, I will change everything. And then two months later, I will change everything. And then two months later, I will change everything. It just doesn't happen. Um, but to meet up with someone and say, man, can we just talk? Hey, 
I want this light, this life, or I think I have it, but it's faded. To meet with someone and talk just can change everything. Have someone journey with you a bit and meet up with you and pray with you and encourage you and stuff. So if that's you, I just I kind of beg, I don't know, plead, I don't know what the word is I'm meant to use, um, to say just get hold of someone. There's heaps of cool people in this church, awesome people. I'd love to meet up with you, yeah, and just talk about this stuff. So cool. Okay, I hope that wasn't too heavy. But I do love you all, and I pray for you, which is hilarious. So that's why. Okay, here's the second part. This is real short. Um, I am the light of the world. What? Turn to someone and say, you are the light of the world, but then you have to go, what? Is that right? So turn to someone, you are the light of the world. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. All right. Listen back. Fuck it on my Fuck it on my Okay, so what this means, because this at first glance, it's like, what is this blasphemy? What the heck? Jesus is the light of the world, not Dan. What are you saying, Dan? How dare you claim to be the light of the world? Get out. No, I love Dan. Um, what, what is this saying? I, I love this, right? So this is, let me explain it very briefly, then we'll read a verse. Um, to me, it's like this. It's the, um, we have a son. Everyone knows the son? Man, so you guys are really not responsive today. It's okay. I still love you all. Um, and everyone knows the moon? You know the moon? Yeah, shot, team. So good. So good. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Louise. Okay, um, and so often we look at the moon and we go, wow, the moon is so bright tonight. And it's really not, right? It's just reflecting the sun a whole bunch more than it was the night before. Does it make sense? Yeah, and the other thing we say is the moon is so much bigger tonight. And it's like, what? So when it was going around the other side of the world, it just like ate a whole bunch of wheat bricks, went to McDonald's, just packed out a bit. and came. No, it's just a little bit closer, right? We often talk about the moon in real weird ways. But one of the things with the moon is the moon reflects the light of the sun. Does it make sense, eh? The moon reflects the light of the sun. Okay, now let's read this cool verse. Matthew 5, 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. And we go, what the hell? I thought Jesus was the light of the world. He is. <laughs> but he lives within us now. And so we're not just a moon reflecting the light of Jesus. Um, we are the light. That just makes me go, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp. Are they an idiot? <laughs> and then Jesus would never say that, sorry. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And I just love this little verse, eh, that we are the light of the world. Um, I love this phrase, eh, you reflect the light of Jesus, because he's in you. He reflects out to everyone, right? Reflects out to everyone. Let me finish with this. Um, I want to go back to this verse and, and finish with this. You're the light of the world. I think when we hear this, a lot of us inside just go, yeah, He's going to tell us to go and tell people about Jesus. And we freak out, we run away, we hide, we turn off the podcast. It's all too scary, right? But the thing I love about Jesus, Jesus often, so Jesus does not actually tell us to tell other people about Jesus very often, if ever, hardly ever. He always says, show them. Does it make sense? He always says, show them, right? Show them. Um, yeah, there's some telling, there's some telling. But the core thing with Jesus is to show people. So now when we look at this, you look at the beginning and then the last verse. You are the light of the world. And then look at the last verse. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. What is the best way I can be the light of the world? By running around telling everyone and forcing them? No, 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 no. 
by standing on a street corner and yelling at them and telling them they're going to burn in hell forever. <laughs> no. The best way I can be the light of Jesus is to show love to them, right? To do good deeds <laughs> to them so that they will, as he says, <coughs> praise your heavenly Father. Man, I love that. Heaps of us in here, if I said, so this week, go and tell 10 people about Jesus, would be like, yeah, and freak out, right? But if I say, man, this week, just go and do one good deed to one person, every one of us goes, ooh, a little bit scary, but I can do that. I can do that. So, Etu, let's all stand up, eh? Etu. So, as I, I finish here, I want you to um, I want you to just think of one person, not 10 people, not 20 people, just one person. You have to tell them about Jesus. You can if you want. But what I want you to do is think of one person right now. Who's one person that you can do a good deed to, right? Just something simple. Hey, maybe you can take them a meal, mow their lawns when they're at work. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's someone in your flat or your house and you're going to just wash the dishes. Or, I don't know, hey. So what's one person, right, that you can do a good deed to, that you can show that you have the light, you have life within you? Yeah, Lindell, won't you come up? Lindell's going to lead us in prayer, but let me pray as Lindell's coming up, eh? Yeah, Jesus, we, we get scared sometimes, some of us, when we have to talk about you, but I love the way you've made this so easy, so practical. We've all got, well, hopefully we've all got people we know, friends, whanau, um, who don't know you. Um, help us this week to, to be bold, eh, and to do a good deed for someone, um, maybe with no words at all, um, but just doing it because we are the light of the world. Man, it's such a, pre- a privilege, such a blessing, God. Yeah, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.